0: Hi, I'm Tanya Oliveira. I work for Transparence Entertainment Group. I focus on World X USA Neighbouring Rights on the performer side and rights holder side. Hey, and welcome
2: back to Money in the Air, the Neighbouring Rights podcast brought to you by IFR Limited, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders, the podcast that talks about your royalties for the public performance of your recordings. Where you made an audible contribution to a recording which is played in public. With me, as always, is Gina from Absolute and Tanya from Transparence. Hello, girls. Hi.
0: Hey Stacey. Hey Gina.
2: Good to be back three of us. Today we're going to talk about time. We're going to talk about things that happen quickly and probably more, things that don't. So Let's talk about how long it takes to set up your registrations at a CMO, to register as a performer or a rights holder, and then to register your recordings. Tanya,
0: can you give us a brief overview, please? Yeah, sure. So of course, with COVID times, everything has been delayed. I feel like on average it would take you a couple of weeks to get set up and registered as a performer or a rights holder at any given CMO. Two weeks was like the kind of on the quick side, uh, with an average of maybe one month. And but now it can be more like six months. To be honest, especially in certain European countries, I'd say Spain and France, about six months now from start to finish, from doing all of your paperwork to them receiving it reviewing it because you still have to send hard copies by mail which is a shame most of the cmos now are like accepting digital copies via email that's that's how it should be i think now so yeah it can take six months it's you gotta be patient. And then in terms of registering your ISRCs, well that's that depends on how quickly you or your representative does it. I mean, in theory, it can it takes just about a minute or two to manually register a track at PPL, for example. GVL's system is similar, it's about two, three minutes. And the, there is an option at GVL to upload a big excel but that takes time as you can imagine to pre fill you know populate all your data but hopefully you've already got a spreadsheet of all your metadata so you're just copying and pasting certain columns registering the actual tracks as a rights holder it just depends how quickly and if you've got the time to do that and then claiming your repertoire on the performer side again it, it depends how much time you've got you could in theory do it all in. i'd say if you've got like 500 tracks you can spend a whole day at one cmo just kind of combing through this database it's worth noting when you're applying to ppl and it's great ppl are
1: accepting online digital signatures right now so you don't actually have to send in paperwork a suggestion when you're starting afresh and creating your ppl membership is to get everything to hand So have in front of you various information such as ID, which can be along the lines of a driving license in the UK, which shows a photo of you as well as your address. If you don't have that, then your passport and utility bill will do. If you're sending in your passport, they like both copies. Again, it's worth noting they want the photo side and they want your signature side because they will reject it if you don't pay, provide both sides of that as well. Your national insurance number, tax number, have all that to hand. It makes the process so much simpler. If you just literally go through the stages... You've got everything there. You tick every box. You download their agreement application form at the end. You sign it. You send it back to them. I did one at the beginning of this week, and they're processing it already. So it's working. That's a performer one, and it's working right now. We've got various cutoffs coming well in terms of claims, so I'm happy to lead on to that now. Again, it's worth noting that PPL have a couple of deadlines throughout the year for your claims the next one coming up is September I believe it's towards the end of September around the 20 something what they're asking you to do is ensure that as a performer you have all your claims in place by that date and then in theory you should be included within the next December payment the main payments from PPL for adjustments will be December and then you've got your big payment in the June but September cutout should uh, ensure that you, you could be included within the December one the one thing to look out for if you're putting a claim in is those evidence requests from PPL you can't just make a claim on a track and expect ppl just to process it and accept that you are a main artist or another featured artist if the track has received sufficient usage they may well come back to you so watch out for that email popping into your inbox and just supply some evidence back to them what Um, kind of
2: evidence if you're the named artist and you're claiming it What kind of evidence do you submit? Well, there we are. If you're the named artist, you shouldn't need to submit evidence.
1: However, I occasionally will ask you for evidence. So I usually go on to sites such as Spotify, anything online, Discogs may also quote your details as well. So just grab a link to that, save it in a document and attach it to the particular claims page for your account and return it back. And that should be in order. They'll soon let you know if it isn't, But but yeah, nine times out of 10, that will suffice.
2: So once you are set up, And your registrations are in, you're set up as a performer rights holder, you've got your recordings and your releases registered, and you've claimed the performances, are you then automatically
0: included in the next accounting? yeah you are yes you are so if you have black box income which is thrown around as a term quite a lot in neighbouring rights it's basically income that they haven't been able to distribute because the lineups aren't complete so the most CMOs at least in Europe to my understanding is they hold on to it for about six years and then if they if they can't find the complete lineup it either goes to the record label the rights holders or it gets kind of like invested into local arts funds so yeah there is black box income so yeah if you played keys on a Adele track you know four years ago oh yeah there's going to be money for you they sometimes set it aside as like contingency planning because they might think there's a complete lineup you know people do come out of the woodwork and it can be five ten even more years later but then more often than not is people will have um, negative balances because this is when they didn't have sufficient money in the black box or like contingency funds for like this the new people that appeared so then what ppl and other cmos does center is one of them in the netherlands they'll start they'll do deduct money from the uh, the current lineup of performers from their balances and then they'll like, apportion it to the new people it's quite common to have a negative balance on some tracks. But it's nothing to be alarmed about. It's not like you owe them money. It's all sorted out automatically. You will recoup, usually within a quarter or two. It's, it is commonplace. I have a question about the lineup not being complete. So do they
2: know the lineup by the rights holder registration and they, then they wait for every performer that the rights holder has named? Yeah, that's a good
0: question. So at PPL on the rights holder side, the rights holder is responsible for inputting the entire lineup. but they don't have to you just put a minimum of one featured artist and one non-featured you do your best you do the minimum but it's not necessarily complete so that's why ppl still need to ask for evidence when you know someone's like i played the banjo or, i was the backing vocalist because i look at it and be like hmm the rights holder just put the featured artists so they'll that's why they ask for evidence basically
2: and what if there are no non-featured artists what if everybody entitled is just the contracted featured performer like the band that's okay it's probably worth
1: advising PPL when you do register your claim that everybody is a main artist a contracted featured artist because they kind of do an auto calculation process where they want a certain number of main artists and a certain number of featured artists so they could invalidate your recording which uh, wait you to actually confirm to them that the stats that you provided to them are correct you won't lose out any money, providing that you tell them that information. So once you've registered a recording, my suggestion is that you just go back and check a week or two after you've registered it. If there's a big red cross next to your recording, then your recording is on hold and you won't receive any royalty income as a rights holder until you notify them and say, you've been given the correct number of artists and there's nothing more. It won't affect the performers. They will still continue to receive share of their royalty income, but it will affect you as is the rights holder.
2: So what are- What about
0: deadlines for the rest of the world, not just PPL in the UK? Yep, great question. So uh, we've just missed CPRA in Japan. That was the end of July. We've just missed ACTRA in Canada, middle of August. So CPRA in Japan, they only have an annual deadline, which is every July, which is a shame because once you've missed it, well, that's it. You've got got until July next year. However, ACTRA have multiple deadlines throughout the year, like with PPL, like most CMOs. With ACTRA's deadline the other day, that was to be included in their December 2021 distribution. IFPI in Sweden on the rights holder side. Their deadline's at 3rd of September and that's to be included in their September 24th distribution. So that's quite a quick turnaround. And then as Gina was saying earlier, end of September at PPL and then you can be included in their December 2021 distribution. Playwright, theirs is New Year's Eve so you have the whole year which is great. That's in my calendar I've got till December 31st to make sure everyone's repertoires in Belgium is all up to date. And then And uh, Gina will know about this. At the end of January every year, you get multiple emails, don't you, about the rights holder registration deadline. So basically, if you're a rights holder, you've
1: got until the end of the year to register your repertoire. Otherwise, you lose out on the royalty income for that whole year. However, it's not actually a true year. So we say the end of the year, but they do give you a little bit of grace and they will extend it until the end of January. My advice always is if you have a release out, register it at the time of the release. Don't leave them until the end of the year. If it's registered and it's on the PPL database then it's there for usage and you're there and you can check it's valid and you haven't included your performers on the recording, then it's there for them to go and add in their claims. They haven't got to keep continuously checking back for you to register it at the end of the year. Tick that box, release a record, register it at the time. But bear in mind, if you miss it, you've got until the end of January, the following year, 31st of January, the year after release. If you wait till the 1st of February, you're going to forego that year's worth of income,
2: should there have been a That's piece. great. Thank you, Gina. That's great advice. Is there anything else
0: time-wise that everyone needs to be aware of? I think it's just worth knowing the distribution dates because that that's the important thing right when will you get your royalties most cmos pay quarterly so for example it's you know end of march end of june end of september end of december at ppl and then it's quite similar at actra and senna and GBL. i mean some of them are quite sporadic some just pay once a year so i know japan they pay once a year which is middle of december just if you are affiliated with multiple cmos and usually this information is available on their portal on their website where you can email your contact there and just have a you know a because it's worth it's just worth knowing then you can plan things financially but December is quite a busy month I've noticed from experience you get lots of payments in December. Germany's
1: December isn't it as well I believe which is usually an interesting payment
0: and one worth looking out for. Sound exchanges every month so yeah every month sound exchange pay.
2: thank you that was really informative and very useful because it's all about the money isn't it Remember, go to www.iafar.co.uk. If you're not a member, join us. If you are a member, all this information will be there on the website in case you didn't take notes today. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.